This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, what a good goal! Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Touch to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! October was going to be tricky, did we not? Back-to-back losses as Town end up ruining missed chances and losing to Bradford City by one goal to nil. Here to discuss and sigh is BBC Points West's very own Dan Hunt. Hello, Dan. Oh, evening, Rich. What a lovely introduction. You've um, you've caught me on the hop there. Don't forget the, uh, the evening advertiser. Of course. Uh, there's a piece out on Monday talking about the Reading game. Mm. Um, up the Joe Acklin. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm doing my best to get about. You're on the sofa. You are a washbag veteran. Uh, is is there anywhere you wouldn't go to talk about Swindon? Don't answer that, but we love hearing your uh, your opinions always. Well, I'd like to think of myself as the Trevor Benjamin of Swindon Town content. Mm. There's nowhere I won't go. Just there we go. Right. Yeah, that, that's better. That's better. And for those who don't know. Look at his career on Wikipedia. Sensational stuff. <laughs> Sensational. So we're recording this on Zoom, which is never the easiest edit. So if me and Dan talk over each other, we do apologize. Uh, we'll start straight away, Dan, with Ben, who goes steaming in by saying that this game was the return of Morris Ball. Inept, heartless, dreadful. Uh, should I be putting myself in the brace brace position for this episode? <laughs> Maybe not quite yet. Maybe not brace, brace. But um, yeah, a bit of turbulence for the first time this season, this week. Yeah. Uh, we've conceded one less than the um, Jody Morris era uh, during his first 11 games than we have under Flynn. Thank goodness for all those goals. <laughs> well, yes. Um, we should note Bradford, only the second team this year to stop Swindon scoring, the other being Doncaster Rovers. So it must be something about Yorkshire away on Saturdays is spooking this squad. But uh, now, I mean, to Ben's point, I think it's probably the first time this year where I could point to some of our passing at the back as being a little bit arduous, a little bit for the sake of it. But I think, as we'll come on to, heaps of credit goes to Bradford City on that. Just didn't give Swindon a way out. And no easy way out. Um, yeah, so I, I'd rather give credit to Bradford. They were they were magnificent on the day, and um, Swindon looked like you know it's probably along with the Notts County game. You know, teams are starting to work us out, work out how we play. Um, a bit of adversity this week, but the key bit's going to be how how Flynn galvanizes the squad and and bounces back because I'm sure they will. But um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think us and a few others, we've been expecting a couple of results like this, given the squad size, given the the tough run in October. But yeah, it, it's still it's not it's not nice to watch um, when it does you know, 
slightly go wrong. And again, we mustn't overreact. And, and I would like to give Bradford a lot of credit on this this pod as well. Yeah, two losses, two performances by opposition that seem to have figured Swindon now. And it's probably no surprising because our eleven was pretty much similar to what we've expected and probably one of our strongest 11s in fairness. Mahoney and Go at the back, Godwin Malife, Bruitt, Blake Tracy, Hutton and Shade coming in for Uwakwe on the wings, Khan and McEachran, Kemp uh, in front, and then Austin and Hepburn Murphy. And that was meant to be the duo. Uh, nobody anticipated, I don't think, maybe, you know, Swindon Town did, um, Jake Young's fine start. But, oh no, in the last few weeks, Dan, we've been saying Jake Young's going to miss Bradford. This is Rashan Hepburn Murphy's big opportunity. But uh-oh, sickness emerged overnight, Friday into Saturday, and he almost missed the game completely, but then ended up playing the full game. But go figure. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I only read about the the Friday night illness Um earlier this afternoon so yeah that that's unfortunate um I can't say yeah other than some some poor first touches on some of the balls for I, I wouldn't say he was obviously under the weather um you know but for the keeper Lewis in goal I mean Hutton uh, Hutton um Hepburn Murphy almost certainly <laughs> should have scored um midway through the second half it was a wonderful cross from Hutton great sort of improvised effort from Hepburn Murphy on his five, but yeah, didn't get her in. So similar story at Notts County, really lots of huff and puff, um, lots of frustration. You know, he is one that wears it on his sleeve. Um, but yeah, that, that chance at the end of the first half uh, against Notts County, where he sort of got it through the keeper's legs and it just sort of wedged in, in between <laughs> Aidan Stone's five. So it could have been a very different week for Hepburn Murphy. I suspect, you know, bit later in the season when he's a bit fitter and a bit waller. Um, you know, he probably scores scores two this week and we're talking about him in, in more glowing terms. But yeah, he's just been a, a really frustrating one for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, a good atmosphere up in Bradford, 16,788. Quite low for them this season. They've been hitting the 17s frequently, um, but always nice to be uh, playing in front of a big crowd. And I think what was noticeable in comparison to the Notts County game that Swindon were given a little bit more freedom to play the ball around in those opening exchanges. Oh, absolutely. That was the, the Bradford game plan. Um, I would talk about it. So obviously post Mark Hughes, and I think that timing was unfortunate for Swindon. Um, If we'd have played them on the Tuesday night, like we did last year, I suspect we probably would have come away with a win and Bradford would have selected Mark Hughes afterwards. Um, but as it was, you know, caretaker manager in charge, a real back-to-basics performance. They were happy having 35 or 40% possession, but they knew they were going to work their socks off. They were going to press like maniacs. And boy, did they. And frankly, Swindon when you miss chances like we missed in this game, because whilst we were poor and whilst Bradford were excellent, we still had enough chances, you know, to score two or three in this match comfortably. Um, And that could have killed the Bradford momentum in each half. And we had marked chances at the start of each half. Austin in the first half, I still don't know how he missed, laid on a plate from Hepburn Murphy, Keeper was absolutely nowhere. He just had to get it within the width of the goal. It's just so un-Charlie Austin. I just, I, I still can't believe he's missed. Well, and then yes. it's, uh, uh, yeah, at the start of the second half, Austin again, um, a chance which I think five or six years ago, he sort of gets below the height of the crossbar, um, put it over, and then Shade fed it down the left. I, I don't think Shade did a lot wrong actually. Um, got that nice dink over the keeper. Unfortunately just bent the other side of the post. But yeah, it, if if we score at the start of each half, as we should have, completely different game. All of that energy and momentum and hard work and, you know, would have been replaced with, oh, same old Bradford, 1-0 down again. <laughs> and you know what? That's the fine margins of football. It is. Swindon didn't take the chances. 
that Boyd Bradford, and just say they pressed and pressed and pressed, and they had energy for days. I mean, they had a game on Tuesday as well. You wouldn't know. Hmm. Um, they had a bench to use, which we're going to come on to from a Swindon Town perspective. What um, you know? <laughs> oh, Tyler Smith coming on. Yeah, Vidane Oliver not even in the squad. Um, some of their other subs that came on played well. Um, Oya Goke on the right wing, for example. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, mark that, measure that against Swindon Town's bench, where you know the only sub that came on in any meaningful way was a 16-year-old striker in Miles Abodo, and then the sort of insult of a sub in the 92nd minute. On you go, Brooklyn. Do your best <laughs> with two minutes to go. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cover a lot of this um, throughout the episode as we as we go through the timeline. But we, we have to talk about Charlie Austin's miss or misses because fans are talking about it. And, you know, we don't have agendas, really. I don't think not genuine ones uh, when well, it comes know, to the yeah. squad. No, absolutely not. And uh, as you, as you say, Austin has to score in the sixth minute. It's, it's a tap in by his standards, by anyone's standards. Um, Nathan Shepard says, only so long folk can keep defending Charlie Austin. He's great in many ways, but he needs to find the net. Post-game, Michael Flynn told Andrew Hawes on BBC Radio Wiltshire, he said, we had four good chances. It's not just Charlie. I know everyone thinks it's Charlie who can miss. And I, I do find this made-up agenda against Charlie Austin quite galling. He's missing chances we'd expect him to score. He must deal with it. But for whatever reason, he cannot be criticised. That was a big, 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 big miss. Well, first of all, hello, Nathan Shepard, my old boss. Um, I, w- I would like to take some credit for the reason why Nathan is a Swindon Town fan now, dragging him along to various work dues at the County Crown. So up up the Nath. Um But yeah, it's just... <laughs> I find it really sad more than anything because you just you obviously contrast it against the version of Charlie Austin we knew and loved from back in 2009 to 2011 where he was just razor razor sharp in the box and he would always find the corners right and probably that's partly where he's gone wrong here is he was probably probably trying to be too precise stick it in the corner when he had half a goal to aim at you know, any shot on target, he scores there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a sadness from me, really, um, but that even, we are seeing this um, but older, even down, slower, but even if we can finished her. Yeah. Even if we can, even if we, we don't need to compare Charlie to the one from a decade ago, even if we think about it in terms. Now, if, if we say that, spell that he had 10 years ago was with Bournemouth where he should have gone but they didn't have they had an embargo or whatever and he went and scored loads of goals for lower league Bournemouth and went up the leagues that way and we've got that now Charlie Austin's contribution to Swindon is still significant everyone talks about how pivotal he is behind the scenes he still works really really hard but the one thing that's missing from his game at the moment this season is is putting away those kind of chances. And that was not like a, well, you know, there was one against Notts County where he hit one just wide, but he had three county players on his back and you, that's not easy to get on target. And he got close. But that one, you know, I don't believe in the, well, it was a bit early. If that was about 10 minutes later, he probably would have stuck that in. That That is bread and butter stuff for any number nine. Yeah, I mean, you know, every striker is human. Every striker misses. Yeah, we we hope Austin will score more of them than he will miss over the season. Um, I think you're right to acknowledge he certainly does seem to have a very big influence behind the scenes. Um, I think, you know, hopefully that next career step into player coaching at Swindon, it hopefully is an obvious one because I feel like we'd be daft not to tap into all of that industry knowledge in football. Um, but yeah, there's there's a couple things that irk me, and it's not necessarily in Austin's control. But you know, the first point is because he does offer, you know, a much reduced service around the rest of the pitch, and I think you saw that when Abodo came on in the 76th, 77th minute. Austin, you know, rather than being the striker going off. 
he dropped deeper into some sort of weird midfield role, which just felt like a complete fudge to keep him on the pitch. Which he what he's done that all season though, hasn't he? That sort yeah. of deeper into the game. Yeah, but that comes on to my next point, which is actually if you had the requisite number of centre forwards at the club, four or five you wouldn't need to flog Charlie Austin into the ground like this. Mm-hmm. 90 minutes a week is not where Charlie Austin should be right now. He should be... Do you remember how we used to job share Johnny Williams and Ben Gladwin? Because they were both recovering from checkered injury pass. And I'm not yep. saying Austin's got a checkered injury pass, but he is becoming longer in the tooth. He's got less yeah. in the engine, right? Less in the legs. So if you if we could use a Charlie on a Saturday for 55 or 60 minutes, almost like how 40-year-old Steve Claridge used to go around the league clubs <laughs> and like teams would just get 50, 60 minutes out of him, bring him off. And then on the Tuesday night, you know, you'd bring him on for 15, 20 at the end and let him just be a forward. You know, if there's a chance in the box, stick it in. But because we're asking him to do so much, because there are only three recognised strikers at the club, and you know Young was unavailable, you had no option but to flog him. Yeah, and so you're hiding a player on the pitch, and I hate to use that phrase, but you're hiding your flagship player because he can't run, because you haven't got a big enough squad. It oh, it drives me mad. Yeah, it drives me mad. And and there is no there is no sort of mass disliking of charlie austin and so no we love the guy we love the God. guy but he can he is human you know just like clem Morfuni and and he makes mistakes but like post game michael flynn without being prompted was very very quick to defend him but he would drag other players and he just very rarely compliments players anyway does michael flynn I, you know there's been some real standout seasons for some players but i've never heard him mention some players but this defense of him like how dare you how dare you suggest that charlie is is the reason he's not the reason we're we, we've lost this game but it's a chance that should go in the net anyway um that's rant number one done but <laughs> we love charlie austin <laughs> that's not 100 oh, and please do not misconstrue what <laughs> Abs- i'm saying absolutely i love charlie i want to use him for 55 60 minutes on a saturday 10 or 15 minutes on a tuesday night experienced player around the squad a mentor for younger players get him as a player coach as the next year goes on like there's so much knowledge and experience to tap into that, but we're not using him correctly. Mm, yeah. Anyway, in my opinion, we will move on. So the kind of game, the game or the first exchanges of the game kind of was kind of frantic, wasn't it? It was mm. good tempo as you've put in your wonderful notes. Um, there was a, a long ball, which uh, went from cook to Walker and that, Long shot was tipped wide by Mahoney for a corner. Good save. Might have That's been a good save, yeah. Yeah. I don't was it going in? I'm not I'm not but mm. you don't know that. You don't know that, do you? There was um there was a Hepburn Murphy one just like it at Notts County where yeah. I'm sure the county keeper tipped it on the post. He did and, and it was Darren Drysdale gave it as a goal kick. Yeah. yeah. Count surprise. <laughs> and that and that's where the you know, in the Bradford pressing was really obvious around the midway point of the first half. Oh, yeah. Um so after those you know, bright start from Swindon, Austin missing the the sitter. You then had Bradford sort of brew into the game. Um, and as they're pressing and their hard work drew rewards, you know, putting Swindon under pressure at the back. And that's not necessarily to say Swindon gave it away, but what came next, because Swindon were kind of going side to side, they were looking for an out. They were looking for McEachran and Khan and Hutton and uh, Shade in the usual ways. But we ended up having to play the sort of out ball anyway. Mm. And with Austin and Hepburn Murphy stood on the halfway line up against uh, Platt and who's the other massive northern bugger at the back? (laughs) Um, Stubbs. Stubbs, there you go. I mean, Stubbs (laughs) and Platt. I mean, could you have two more northernly named northern centre-halves who were both six foot of a million and we'll just head brick walls. That's that's where Bradford's pressing drew success because it eventually forced Mahoney to kick long. It forced uh, Blake Tracy or Godwin Malief to try the big diagonals. And those balls were getting gobbled up. 
So Swindon had to try and play through them. And to be clear, at times, you know, when we made the big chances, we we did that. The crime was not sticking it in the net. Um, <sighs> there, is, there it is. Yes, lovely. There's the side. <laughs> How long is that taking? 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah. not... Not early enough. Um, <laughs> um, McEachern had a shot uh, from distance, probably should have passed it to Hepburn Murphy, but he went for it. And then shortly afterwards, Bradford went close. A, a, a cross-come shot from Wilson, I think it was. It needs to be palmed away for a corner. And then there was that almost straight away, there was a penalty appeal, which if you look on social media, Bradford fans will call that a stonewall penalty. You know, when Swindon fans are making their point and they're not sort of using the hashtags of the opposition, but somehow the opposition <laughs> find <laughs> those comments. There's been a lot of that over the last uh, <laughs> over the last 12 hours or so. Um, they say, well, we should have had a stonewall penalty in the first half. And I think that's what they're referring to. It was clumsy, but it would have been incredibly harsh. Yeah, I actually think Tyree Shea did some good defending over this match. Mm. Some really good covering off the centre-halves um, in the sort of classic fullback way. Uh, and on this particular penalty appeal, not for me. I think Shade gets enough of the ball, actually, and just kind of, with it, wipes out the fella stood next to him. Um, I, yeah, I think ref got that right. There was a an appeal later in... Uh, stoppage time in the second half as well, where um, Kawamya was on comms for Bradford. Oh, Do you nice. remember him in the 90s? Well, it was, um, surely it was uh, Andy and not Chris. Uh, got to be Andy Kawamya, yeah. Sorry. yeah Andy he sounded... Kawamya was the one yeah. that played for Bradford. Chris was the successful one, wasn't he? He was the, uh, <laughs> he was the Kawamya. But yeah, anyway, he, he was he was convinced the uh, the one very late on uh, one of the Bradford players was a, a stonewall penalty. Again, I don't <laughs> think there's much in that. He's just flopped to the floor. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking rest of the first half, um, there's another Swindon break. I think I counted five on four, um, where Swindon sort of won the ball back in the middle of the pitch. And on this occasion, Kemp, rarely for him, was very, very selfish. Um he had better options and a bit like George McEachern earlier, as you described, you know, that selfish option, he ended up dragging a shot wide from 20 or 22 yards. So, Speculative. Yes. Yeah, sort of poor options taken. Is that, is that, to... is that down to the press though? Is that, is, are we, are we shooting from distance because, because of the way Bradford have got us or is it just a little bit of selfishness? Um, well, on this particular occasion, we had the numbers. It was five and four. This was about the 37th, 38th minute. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I guess, I mean, you can't be too critical of Kemp because a few times he's taken the selfish option this year. He skipped past a couple and bopped it past Ben Foster or, you know, he's had a long-range shot against Grimsby and it's gone in. So, yeah, it's probably a touch of overconfidence on, on Kemp's part. But McEachern earlier, you know, who is much more goal shine um, to not play the pass was was really wasteful. Yeah. Um, Although we, we forgot a um, a chance for Cook, which Tom Brewitt did very well to block. Yes, yes, that would have been. Yeah, yeah, and again, actually, Kent in that move um, got caught on the ball in the middle of the pitch. Um, some very good one-on-one defending from Brewitt uh, against Cook. I mean, and, and I know Cook. You know, he's not an Olympic sprinter, is he? But Brewitt did well to shepherd him wide and then block the block the left foot shot, which was given as a goal kick. Not sure it was, but yeah, we'll take it. But yeah, it's oh yeah. I think half time nil nil. There's certainly on the Bradford comms on um Chateau I follow. They were very pleased. They were pleased, you know, shackles were off, Hughes is gone, we're no longer fannying around at the back, we're getting the ball forward to cook quickly, everyone's working hard, small words playing like a man possessed in the middle, and we've got to say, he was very good, actually. Um, is it Richie Smallwood? Yeah, yeah. Ex-hole midfielder. I've seen him play for Bradford before, and he's been no great shakes, whereas yesterday, it's like, you know, it's like League Two, Rice running around, um, <laughs> winning the ball back, and I think at one point in the second half, he even had a shot from inside his own half. And yeah, I, I think for, it was this game was more of a story about Bradford um, rejecting the ways of Mark Hughes and 
putting in a real sort of lung busting performance, unfortunately for us. But you know, judging by what the Bradford com said, Smallwood's not played like that for months. Mm. So uh, again, I'll come back to the fact it, it's a poorly timed game for Swindon. Mm. Yeah, could could not, they have not liberated not them? Yeah, could they have not liberated themselves from from Mark Hughes just like a a couple of days later for crying out loud? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <Come> <laughs> so yeah, as you say, nil nil at halftime. The, the 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 end of the first half was you know bits and pieces, not nothing crazy. Inside who can't be in booked for descent, but then. Well, the, the the first, the second half, the, the opening stages of the second half are quite frantic, and most frustratingly of all, Dan, is that it was Swindon that started those first minutes of the second half, as we tend to do, the better side. Oh, absolutely! And again, criminal that we didn't find ourselves one 0 up in these opening three minutes of the second half. Lovely move down the right, Hutton, ball down the side for Kemp. Kemp in acres of space eventually played the ball across to Austin, who, you know, great movement across the defender. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for us, uh, skied the shot over. I mean, he was under pressure, but again, to what we said earlier, you know, we have high standards for his finishing. Um, after that, another excellent chance. Kemp involved again, um, played it to McEachern. McEachern. Ball down the side for Shade, sort of left edge of the box. Um, on rushing, Lewis out of the goal is quite similar. A bit of a tighter angle than the McGoldrick over Mahoney at Notts County. Shade, uh, you know, it was a nice looking dink. I was about to celebrate in the front room. Oh, and it just went wide at the back post. And the note I made here was just agonising. And then sure enough, sucker punch. Mm. <laughs> One minute later, Bradford won. Swindon nil. Um, oh, let's, had... let's let's go with what Michael Flynn had to say with it, and then you can go and do the oh, rest. Please, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Flynn said the goal we gave away was almost laughable because we don't get goals given to us like that. It was littered with errors. There you go. There's Michael Flynn's take. Go, Dan. Well, you know, it was a pretty regular attack. Um, Bradford right back Halliday, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hit the shot hard, like real fierce shot. Um, you know, I, I think it would be harsh to call it a handling error by Murphy Mahoney, given the pace on the shot and given how near faultless Mahoney's been this year. But then what followed, you know, Swindon had opportunities to to clean it up. Um, another shot, uh, sorry, was it Walker put it back across? Correct. And... Um, there was the young Bradford lad pointing uh, to the great delight of the Bradford commentators. One of our own pointing. Whoa, hear the Bradford City roar. Um, you know, you can go and hear that on, on iFollow if you're not nah. listening to it back. But no, thanks. Um, yeah, it was. It felt like a really big goal for them. The young lad, I think it was his first goal for Bradford as well. And he'd been a big part of Bradford's pressing from the front. Um yeah, sort of scrambled at home. Tom Brewett couldn't quite get his body and contorted into the right position to clear it on the line. And uh, well, now I'm well. Frankly, yeah, I made the note here. The ground was rocking. Bradford were pumped. Like you felt the momentum really switch heavy. And two minutes later, Cook uh, struck a post, and the follow up was awfully lashed wide by the number thirty three Wilson. And yeah, in that moment, Swindon looked rattled. We could have we could have lost the whole game right there and then. Um, just needed some cool heads on the on the Swindon part. Yeah. And there, there weren't many cool heads in this game because there were a few uh, bookings for uh, for petty things yeah, yeah. during this game, wasn't there? Which isn't great when Flynn's saying at full time we've got to get lucky with injuries, but those those yellow cards they're building. Yeah, I mean. On the day, Hutton booked for a sort of petulant push. And it was very irritating, actually, because the lad who pulled Hutton back to cause the reaction from Hutton, I mean, he really should have been booked and wasn't. Khan, you know, dissent in the first half. I mean, I agreed with Khan. <laughs> I think he got the ball and the referee gave a foul. But, you know, previous games this year, we've praised Khan for his, for his discipline and, you know, sort of keeping it in check. So... You know, a bit more like 
Kana last season in that moment, yeah. unfortunately. And then Austin too got involved in a bit of afters. Um, but yeah, just I mean Bradford, they they did those niggly niggly little fouls really well. So a couple of occasions, Swindon looked like they were going to build an attack, niggly foul. And it's just good good game management. It's good professionalism. You need a referee to keep on top of some of that stuff to help you out. But, you know, <laughs> they've got themselves ahead and boy, boy, were they going to work to keep yeah. that lead. Yeah, and with about 20 minutes to go or so, Swindon had a couple of chances, didn't they? Oh, yeah. oh go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, on this one, I've got a lot of sympathy with Town, actually. Um, fantastic right-wing cross Hutton. Uh, Hepburn Murphy, I, I think if you're being uber critical, I think a different forward just heads it into the back of the net. Um, Hepburn Murphy did some sort of weird, like, mid-drift thigh, but got a really good connection. It was going into the roof of the net. But, um, yeah, Lewis, superb save. Save of the match. Um, tip that over the bar. Um, but sadly for us... Unless I'm mistaken, that was our first shot on target in the 67th minute. Mm. So not only were we, you know, missing and wasting chances first half, we weren't even testing the keeper. And then, yeah, just after that, from the resulting corner, ball cleared. McEachern puts it back in. Hepburn Murphy again, um, good movement, reasonably good header. I think. Um, well, I thought it might have been a corner, but it must have clipped the crossbar as it went over. Because, um, yeah. This, Keeper seem to have it in in check, if you know what I mean. Mm, but yeah, yeah, that really, Rich, that really was our last chance for a long time after that. Yeah. Um, I think our next shot on target came in the 93rd, 94th minute when Kemp had a deflected effort on the break straight at Lewis. Um, and it was quite telling, really. Bradford managed the game really well from sort of minute 70 onwards. Um, they had some chances of their own. And I think we've got to talk about the Swindon sub. So that was about 76, 77, wasn't it? Yeah. So that... um, which sh- could and should have been the dice roll from Flynn, but it didn't work. No. So it was it was a league debut for Miles Adobo. Huge congratulations to him. Um that, that, let's go with with what H the Duck says here by putting an untried 16 year old striker on at that stage of a game when we're losing one nil away from home is a big big message from michael flynn company man or not with that substitution his message to clem is crystal clear michael flynn post-match said squad is nothing to do with upstairs about you know the lack of subs and bringing on 16 year olds it's about finding the right players they're not going to be near fit those who they bring in now we need to get lucky with injuries and rediscover our sparkle so being elated for Miles Adobo, which I absolutely am. Putting that aside, at the time, I figured that his appearance plus Genesini's cameo was looking ahead to the Reading squad announcement because, because you know, if they start the game before, that means they... But then I'm reminded that the EFL trophy rules aren't as strict as what many assume. So I imagine it was just putting on bodies. What are you, what are you thinking in terms of Miles Adobo coming on I'm going to say that early. I know it was the 77th minute, but that's that sort of appearance is for the 93rd usually, isn't it? It's still 13 minutes plus injury time and he didn't get much time on the ball at all. Is that a big, big message or is that just, is that just, this is what we've got and this is what we're doing? Well, he was the only striker on the bench. Um <laughs> So, you know what, I was quite excited to see him come on. Um, now that Abikanu is out for the season with a, an ACL injury, it's really unfortunate on his part. You know, Abodo has been the standout centre-forward in, in the under-18 setup. have to remind ourselves he's only 16. Mm. Um, I think he showed quite well in that Arsenal fixture. Um, he is a good size, he does have pace. But unfortunately, in the sort of 15... 16 minutes he was on the park you know the service up to him was really poor you know asking him to to feed on scraps when you're you're sort of 16 year old forward up against those center halves 
Um, you know, he as he should be really. You know, he was kind of schooled by the defenders marking him. But yeah. you know, it's no reflection on Apodo, frankly. Um, I mean, you look around the rest of the bench. You know, Kinsella, defensive midfielder. But I suppose you could have done him for Khan. And, and and it would have meant you wouldn't have had a centre midfielder with it on a yellow card. You could have done a whack wave for um, Khan, I suppose, and then pushed Shade up top. But yeah, I mean, talk about a bare cupboard, Rich. Yeah, I've been and... to uni. You know, I've been end of term when you ain't got any money left. I think my cupboard yeah. had more in it than this. I worked at uni, Dan, so I don't know what don't know what that was. I, I had food in the cupboard because I, I had a job. But um and then you consider like Austin this season tends to struggle from about that about that time onwards. And Hepburn Murphy was poorly sick overnight. And then you're forced to strengthen but still have players that are struggling on. It's it's exactly what people have been saying this is what's going to happen but that's maybe for the fans contributions a bit later but yeah it's kind of like that thing isn't it which all football fans of every club will say like if that's Swindon we're, we're struggling to see that game out if I'm watching Swindon 1-0 up against Newport for the last 15 minutes it won't feel as comfortable as it is it felt for for Bradford for large parts this weekend uh, precisely I, I think Brent, uh, Bradford sorry Bradford used their bench well. Players coming on like Osadibi, who I've seen have a couple of good games against this for Warsaw. Obviously, Tyler Smith. I mean, that feels like a luxury at this level, doesn't it? Mm. And Tyler Smith on the bench, we'd love that. Um, oh. Yes. Um, I, I I would like to get stuck into the squad depth stuff. Which, we're going to get there. Um, we're going to get there. Hold, we're hold, get there but, hold, your, hold your tongue for that one. Yeah, but I guess if you're looking for other stuff, you know, Bradford were looking more likely to extend their lead than uh, Swindon getting back into it. Um, you had a Cook right wing cross in the seventy seventh minute, which sort of deflected and nearly looped over Mahoney into the back of the net. Sort of landed off almost on the line and span away. Um, Osadibi had a fierce shot from distance, just wide. Um, Probably one of the better moments, and it's set, it's not saying much. 85th minute, you had Shade put in a really good position, um, sort of left edge of the box, up one-on-one against um, Smallwood, knocked it past him, went down, a few weak claims for Peno, but it was just, it was weak play. You know, you're a right-footed winger, and he's tried to go past Smallwood on his wrong foot. That was the time to cut inside, Shady. <laughs> Bang it. <laughs> but just kind of ran into Smallwood and fell over. Just typified um, our late efforts in the match. Yeah. yeah and a, a couple of reasonable chances again for Bradford. DB, a uh, bit of a weaving run in from the right, ended with a, a weak left effort past the post. Uh, Smallwood should have been sent off, actually, not long after that. Um, awful tackle on. Ty Shade got himself a yellow. Um, and yeah, extra time, just a mixture of desperation, really. Overhit Blake Tracy cross into the Lewis. Um, and then right, right at the end, 93, 94, um, yeah. Swindon actually had a, a break with some numbers behind it. Um, and yeah, Kemp chose to shoot. Yeah. Uh, the final hurrah <laughs> deflected <laughs> straight at Lewis. And again, Kemp hyper-confident. He's had a lot of success shooting for distance this year, but again, if we'd have just kept the attack going, gone wide to one of the uh, the on-rushing Sunderland players, who knows, but yeah. Bit of a bad afternoon at the office. Another game where we feels like we've run out of steam, unfortunately. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, Rich here with an exciting offer for listeners of The Loaf Strangers. 
Yes, we've teamed up with NordVPN to help your viewing pleasure so you can watch your favourite things without constantly travelling to the chateau. That's right, NordVPN allows you to watch those sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with just one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. Now to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll also help support our podcast along the way. You can find the link in the podcast episode description box. Thank you, enjoy, and onwards. Okay, 9, 10, 12, 12, 10, 9, 7. No, not Swindon's goals against Tally. It's the last eight chart positions for Real to Real. Here's their song. Post-match then, Michael Flynn says, we weren't quite good enough, a 6 out of 10 performance. If you don't take your chances, you're not going to win football matches. And we had good chances today. We moved the ball too slowly, don't know why. The plan was to isolate Andy Cook. Then the three behind would pounce as soon as we break their line and we're through. We'd have had five, six, seven against their two sitters and their back four. And we didn't move the ball quick enough to exploit the overload. We had Four good chances. Again, I know everyone thinks it's Charlie who can miss. Uh, Rashan has to score. Tyrese has, Tyrese has to score. It was an okay performance by Tyrese Shade. In terms of individual performances, not many will be able to say that they did something for the team. Lots of neutral performances. Miles Adobo, he's caught the eye and that's why he's there. There will be changes for Reading 100%. In terms of man of the match... Uh, Tom Brewitt got the listeners' contribution. Tom Brewitt got the listeners' vote ahead of Murphy Mahoney. Not a huge amount of votes in it, but the third, <laughs> the third place went to none of them deserve man of the match. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, Pete Weber says everyone bar Brewitt looked a yard off the pace versus a Bradford side. Bang up for it, almost like squad rotation would help the situation. Hold on from that, Dan. So <laughs> it, it was a steady performance by Bruitt, but this is one of those games where it's like, there you go. Um, no one can knock Tom Bruitt's enthusiasm and his effort and so forth. Would he be your man of the match? Oh, it's a tough one today. Um, Bruitt is fine. Um, the problem in terms of how we use the ball, was kind of in the gentleman either side of him, really. And they're normally very pivotal in how we go forward, Godwin Malief and Blake Tracy. But like I say, they, they played their part in Swindon, not using the ball a bit quicker, not getting out. And I think McEachern and Khan share some blame there as well, being the sort of next links up the pitch. Um, I, I, I think I'd be inclined to give it to Murphy Mahoney, actually. Made some very good saves over the match. There was an effort we forgot to mention, actually, sort of 62 minutes-ish, uh, long-range Wilson effort, well saved by Mahoney as well. So I think whilst you could be hypercritical and say should have not spilled that ball in the build-up for the goal, I think probably, yeah, he's he's the Swindon fan who can hold, uh, Swindon player who can hold their head up the highest. Okay, fair um, enough. Yeah, and actually, honourable mentions, probably Brewitt, Probably Hepburn Murphy playing ill. Um, Kemp got Shade was goals. Shade wasn't terrible. Did some good defending. Nearly got himself a goal. But yes, yeah, slim pickings today. Unfortunately, these things they happen. Okay then. So, listeners' contributions a bit more. Then not too many because the rhetoric was very similar. But this is what you want to talk about Dan so let's go there Sean Jobin says did anyone think we'd go all season unbeaten as long as we're there or thereabouts at Christmas I'm happy Mark Kirkman knows us only too well Dan he says I blame the blue away kit still not well still <laughs> not one wearing it four clear-cut chances not taken opposite of Wrexham when everything went in you can point at squad depth fatigue but ultimately if we take our chances we win that game reading here we come adair says yes squad depth is an issue but today's starters have all collectively had massive stinkers today it was painful to watch hampshire heinze says only two defeats but 
unbelievably frustrating given we could all see this coming. Bradford was a limited low confidence side, but sheer work rate and guts was easy enough was easily enough today. And Ben Strat says absolutely dreadful against a truly woeful Bradford side. Bringing on an unheard of 16-year-old summed it up perfectly. Another season that will fizz out due to a criminal lack of investment that was so openly promised. So I've tried to have both sides of this argument here that, you know, there will be some fans, as we've as we've seen there, that have gone, look, everyone's going to talk about the squad depth, but the reality is... If you take your chances, we win that game. And there are others that are just, you know, keen to go. It's only two losses. It's not panic. But we all saw this coming. We've been talking about it for weeks. And then there's the other side, which is just like, we were promised squad depth. This hasn't happened. Now this is going to be another season like last. And we've been lied to. So I've tried to utilize all areas there. Dan, now's your time. I like I like some of the points being made in there. Um, and one of our listeners who said, "Well, you know what? If you take your chances today, we're not even talking about this." But frankly, you know, say we'd won three two today or or two one, we we took all our chances. We've been lethal in front of goal. You're only kicking the issue down the road a bit further. That's effectively what we've been doing all season, and especially since the transfer windows closed. You know, we've spoke about Flynn covering the cracks or, you know, keeping the ownership out the the spotlight a bit with the great results. But again, it's all just kicking the can down the road. The squad isn't adequate for what we want it to be. You know, <laughs> we're Swindon Town in the fourth tier, fantastic crowds, promised a budget in the summer that was competitive. The aim was provision. You've gone and hired the right manager. Back him, please. <laughs> like, the squad still isn't where it needs to be. Five or six weeks now since the window's shut. Opportunities to bring in free agents have been there. We've seen players training with the squad, pictured. We've heard the rumours about Ryan Edwards and Connor Wickham, even if that was a bit more fanciful. But I can't help but feel this week, the two defeats against two decent sides... This feels like chickens coming home to roost, I'm afraid. Um, the forward line in particular is bordering on a disgrace to have three first-team strikers at the club, especially when you decided to sell your fourth striker on deadline day and not replace them. OK, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt for a week. You're going to go out and get a free agent striker because no one's silly enough to go through a busy October and all the way through to Jan with just three first team forwards. When one of them's 34 and looking tired at the end of matches, when one's Hepburn Murphy had a really checkered injury past, when one Jake Young isn't actually our player, <laughs> his his fate is not in our hands in January. So that's potentially another striker shot. I just can't understand why the ownership of this club are so cheap. I'm not asking for seven strikers. I don't want Tyler Smith on the bench doing nothing. I don't want Vidane Olfer not even in the squad. I'm, all I'm asking for is four fit strikers. And then if you have to dip into a Bodo or Abu Kani, I mean, obviously he's now injured, but that's, that's acceptable. It's not adequate. It's not fit for what we are. We're not Morecambe. We're not Newport. Flynn is very good at working on a Newport budget. We've seen that. I think the ownership at Swindon want Flynn to come in and do miracles on a Newport budget at Swindon. He's done it up to now, fine. And he's covered a lot of cracks. But now Flynn is being undermined. He needs to be backed. We have to go and sign some free agents. And the annoying thing now, here we are in mid-October... Whoever you sign, it's going to take two or three weeks to get up to speed anyway. And they're probably going to get niggly injuries. So in many ways, the horse is bolted. We needed bodies in a month ago I think in Flynn, anticipation I think for Flynn October. pretty much said the same, though, hasn't he, post-match, that the horse is bolted in terms of the free agent market. Oh. Um, it, it For me, 
it, it's a case of like we've been talking about this for weeks when it's been rosy and we've we've not wanted to go down this road. We'd much rather that the the, the squad prove us all wrong or is is pessimistic and it, it not happen. And I I still need a little bit more other than two back to back losses against one very good side and one side re you know rejuvenated from from the dismissal of Mark Hughes. It's not necessarily a bounce, but obviously they were allowed to play football in a different way and it, it worked, but it shouldn't have worked because Swindon had clear-cut chances to at least draw the game. It's just so weird, Dan, that suddenly Newport County has become not a must-win, but like a, oh, we don't want to lose that because the mood will just get worse and worse. And a week ago, we were still unbeaten and it's, you know, oh God, a week really is a long time in football, but <laughs> Reading is Tuesday night. We have to be realistic as fans in that. It, we've taken over a thousand fans. We know it's going to be a second string, whatever that looks like at Swindon Town at the moment. It might even be a loss. It might even be a heavy loss. Heck, we might win. And then all this rhetoric is, is nonsense, but we shouldn't really add the result win lose or draw against reading to the home to the league form sorry but that newport game going back it just suddenly feels like oh let's see let's see how this goes and newport aren't doing well this season they're down in 19th but saying that they're only five points away from us so it's not going to be too much and they like scoring goals and conceding them too so could be more carnage but it, it's Oh, this is why football's so great, isn't it? One minute we're sitting pretty, and the next minute um, we're we're looking below us and going crikey. But October was always going to bring that up. Yeah. Well, first things first. Whatever happens on Tuesday night doesn't matter in the passages of time. But what you will have there is thirteen or fourteen hundred Twindon Town fans who've travelled to support the team, and whoever's out on that pitch is going to get the full back in. But because we barely have a squad worth mentioning, you know, those young players that come in, they're going to be let down because they're not going to have enough players around them to make it a worthwhile exercise. You know, if you're if you're Minton and you've got a player alongside Hart from the youth team and another youth teamer, it's, that's a bit lambs to the slaughter. Um, no matter which way you put it, and up front, it's going to be a Bodo plus one. Who, I mean, hopefully they play young with him not getting the game at Bradford. But imagine if Jake Young gets an injury at Reading. It's it's almost like you can't risk him. No, thank you. Don't want to think about but, that at but, all. <laughs> but, but but back to my rant of a moment or so ago. And, and I, I fully appreciate some people would be saying, Dan, it's only one week. We've lost two games. Don't overreact. But We've got receipts. We've been saying this stuff all season. We've been waiting for it to be corrected. It hasn't been. We were saying this stuff when we were winning and it was happy. And we're going to say this stuff when we're losing and it's not. The squad isn't adequate. Why? Mm. Is the next question. Yeah. Yeah. And that fourth episode isn't a million miles away, I promise. We will get round to doing it because we've been wanting the dust to settle from a few weeks ago to see what progress has been made and so forth. And we did the other three episodes when the going was good. So I don't want anyone to think that we're going to do a fourth episode because we've just lost two games. It's just that we need to get round yeah. to uh, doing it properly and giving it like the the consideration it deserves. In terms of Reading, and oh, go on, yeah. I was just to say, just to add, you know, owing to the fact we were saying this a month ago, six weeks ago, it was all so foreseeable. Mm. And that's what's frustrating. I, we were saying these things four and six weeks ago because we want Swindon to maintain this start. We want sustained success on the pitch. This issue with the squad depth, take the striking situation as a microcosm of that, it's avoidable. It's avoidable by signing the requisite number of players. Yeah. Or at least trying. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand. It's it's kind of self-sabotage. 
You're asking Flynn to work a miracle. But we ain't Morecambe. We ain't Newport. I don't understand. It's tough. It's tough. And in terms of, like, the funding, you know, we don't want Swindon to bring in players at detriment to the finances, um, do we? There's got to be more to why they're not pumping as much money as they need to. There's got to be a reason. I have my suspicions, but uh, maybe that's for another episode. Episode four, baby. Episode four, it will happen eventually. So Reading, I don't think there's going to be a presser for Reading. They didn't do one for Arsenal. Um, Last time, I I don't really want to give it too much because it's the EFL trophy, but I just want to look at that squad to see how do you think it will look up? Because there's not going to be a huge amount of changes from who played against Arsenal. Arsenal uh, lineup was Lewis Ward in goal. He'll absolutely play. The back four was Minton Hart and Ben Ward. Ben Ward won't play this time. Um, on the wings was Uwakwe and Genesini. That might be the way they go, but maybe not. Kinsella and Brown in the middle might happen. Kane was in the Kemp role, so that won't happen. And then up front was Wakeling and Kanu, which won't happen. So there's going to be a few changes, actually, as I read that out. But I'm not entirely sure what that means in terms of players who featured against Bradford. Because, yeah, you, you might be right. Jake Young might have to play. Um, it might, You don't want to play Charlie yeah. Austin in this competition. You don't want to play Rashan Hepburn-Murphy if he's been poorly. It's a bit of a tricky one. Yeah, so... As as we were talking earlier, I was sort of jotting down what I think the team might look like. So you're certainly going to have Lewis Ward in goal. I think it's certainly going to be Harrison Minton, Sonny Hart, plus one. So you probably do need one of your senior defenders to play because uh, sadly for Tom Clayton, it's still a week or two just too early for for Tom Clayton. Um, if Ben been- Ward could get off the injury table that would be really handy yeah. so you would say um, maybe tom Brewitt with the captain's armband maybe that that could be palatable absolutely yeah, yeah. and to yeah. play in the middle of those guys just try and guide him through the match certainly genesini and a whackway seem obvious at wing backs hopefully a whackway can build a bit of confidence seemed at a bit of a low ebb mm. um when he came off at notts county it's going to be concealer plus one i I was expecting Jackson Brown to be on the bench at Bradford. He wasn't in the under-18s team in the morning. Might be injured yeah. So if he's injured, it's very unfortunate timing on his part to miss a big game. I mean, f- don't forget, for these guys, this is a big game. Yeah, it's huge. It's not a big game for us, but it's a huge game for Minton. It's a huge game for Jackson Brown. It's a huge game for Podio. So those 1,400 or so town fans behind the goal have a massive role to play. And the senior players that do play have a massive role to play. So if it is Young and Abodo, that's great news for Abodo. He'll have someone to play off. He'll have someone to talk him through the match. And, you know, Young's only 22, 21, 22. But that youthful experience throughout the side is going to be handy. But it looks, again, slim pickings. I I just hope there's some structure to that side and, and they put up a good fight just for the sake of the fringe players that are playing and and do have points to prove. Mm-hmm. I hope Genesini has a big game. I think there's definitely a left wing back spot up for grabs if he can grab it. Um, I don't think Shade or Awakwe have, have tied that down. Um, you know, Minton remains only a suspension or an injury away from coming into the first team, so it's another big game for him. So there's lots to learn. I just hope we can give it some structure. Who knows? We might have some. Free signings tomorrow. They might make me eat my words. Oh, Dan, I think there's more more chance of Charlie Austin playing up front than, than, <laughs> than new signings um, for for Swindon before that game. So there we go. Uh, Reading next. We'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll hopefully do an on the whistle for that one. But happy travels for those going to the Medeski. Our first competitive fixture against them for a long, long time. And look, look out for a certain article in the advertiser. And then it's Newport, then Salford away then Ginningham home, and then Milton Keynes Don's away. Lots of fun to be had this month. Lots of games. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll leave it at that. Dan, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. Cheers, all.
The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Swindon! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.